What's going on, y'all? This is Kelly Clarkson. Welcome to Miss Into Podcast, the Kelly Clarkson fan podcast. The very first podcast dedicated to the original idol, Kelly Clarkson. Here are your hosts, Jeremy and Pam. Hey, everyone. Welcome to episode four of Miss Into Podcast. This is Pam. And I'm Jeremy. Thanks for listening, everybody. We certainly do appreciate it. We are uh, recording this a day after our very first episode talking about American Idol went up on all the different podcast platforms. And uh, I have to say, and, I, and I'm sure I speak for Pam when I say thank you very much. Uh, we are so overwhelmed by the amount of kind words and encouragement and enjoyment that we're seeing out of people from the very first episode, and there's been just so many nice things said, and we certainly do appreciate uh, each and every one of you. And you know, I, I think it uh, it shows that we couldn't have picked a better fan community to serve uh, after seeing the reactions to episode number one. Yeah, I mean, I've seen people from all over the world. Like, I think I saw someone from like Venezuela and someone from like Australia that were mm-hmm. just saying like, "Thank you so much for posting this. Like, I really needed it right now." And I'm like, "This is so cool that." We're literally connecting people, like fans from all all over the world that we would probably have never have spoken to otherwise. Yeah. And it's really awesome. So thank you, Kelly. And happy 18 years to Kelly. Yes. It's been 18 years. Oh, my gosh. Oh, that's insane. Um, Kelly's idol win is now old enough to vote. <laughs> so That's very true. That's important. Yeah. <laughs> I saw a tweet, and I think I, I put it up on our uh, Twitter and on Instagram and on our story. And it was like, there are people who were not around when Kelly Clarkson won American Idol who will be old enough to vote in this year's election. And I'm like, oh my gosh, my <laughs> mind is blown and horrified. But it's awesome. Uh, the, yeah, I um, I was sitting back and, and thinking about the Idol win and I was watching her. I was actually surprised that she even uh, mentioned it on Twitter. She's become a little more open with mentioning uh, all things idol uh, it, later yeah. in her career. Uh, and it was funny that both uh, Ryan Seacrest and Brian Dunkelman both uh, tweeted at her yes. and she she had some fun with them. Uh, so, yeah, it was it was a really cool thing to see. And uh, uh, what I mean, what better day to, to kick off our podcast and just to again to see the fan reaction was so great. It, I mean, it was I had a permanent smile on my face all day yesterday. So it was uh, it was really awesome. And it was cool because I had people um, that are not, that I know in my life they're not Kelly fans. They've known I've been fans for a while. We're, I'll go into this a little bit more, but um, everyone who wrote back to me, even if they, I mean, I'm sure most of them probably didn't listen, but they were all like, "I'm really happy for you. This seems like you're really happy. Mm-hmm. Um, it's like a good project for you, and you're passionate about it, and that's what's important." Because I feel like a lot of people. Um, say they want to do things like this and they're just like, eh, I don't know if anyone's going to listen. Yeah. But you know what? Who cares if no, if you have five people listening, that's cool. You have five people that you can connect with. Yeah. Well, and it's like you said in a previous episode, this is a passion project for us. You know, mm-hmm. we wouldn't be doing this if we weren't uh, really serious about it and really wanted to have great conversations, uh, not only with each other, but also with fans as well. And we are definitely looking forward to that. And that sort of dovetails uh, into our conversation that we're going to have uh, here on the episode today. Uh, we are actually going to have our very first fan guest. Uh, Kurt is going to be joining us here in just a little bit. Uh, but in the meantime, uh, as you're listening to this episode, the Kelly Clarkson Show Season 2 has officially kicked off. 
uh, and yes. is back on the air with virtual audiences. Uh, I had a friend, uh, actually two friends, who were in one of the early virtual audiences, and they said it was kind of a wild experience uh, with the way that uh, it was shot. Uh, you know, they talk about how everybody sort of got their own screen, their own monitor in the audience, and they were pre-recording a lot of reaction shots from the crowd. And so some, some people who don't sort of like to perform on cue uh, were a little weirded out and uncomfortable about it. But uh, either way, they were having fun with it. And uh, they, were, they realized that the show is not shot all in order, uh, which I think a lot yeah. of people who are in production, uh, both TV and broadcasting, know. Uh, so it was interesting to hear their perspectives about uh, their experience being in the virtual audiences. I have yet to actually uh, get into one of the shows yet. I, I would imagine at some point I will, because I think I heard that it's about 40 people that get into the shows via virtual audience. So it's not the same size of the audience that she would have if it were a uh, live in-studio show. Uh, also, the the big news that came out of the virtual episodes was that uh, Kelly is sporting an eye patch. <laughs> Which, like, at first I saw people tweeting it and I, I didn't, you know, no one mentioned that it was because of a, like, eye injury. Mm-hmm. I was just like, it, are they doing, like, a pirate day? Like, I really <laughs> didn't know. There was no context. I just saw people yeah. saying Kelly's wearing an eye patch in today's episode. I'm like... Okay, is there a parrot involved? Like, <laughs> well, and it's funny because she hasn't mentioned it at all on social media whatsoever. Exactly. So I don't know if she's trying to keep that a surprise until the episodes start airing, or because again, you know, when we're recording this prior to the first episode airing, which she will likely be wearing it. Uh, so I'm sure she'll probably explain all about it uh, when that time comes. But uh, either yeah. way, uh, <laughs> just sort of a funny anecdote. It's... But of course, and if you think about it, I mean, let's be honest. Like, would Ellen? Uh, Tamron Hall, Dr. Oz, I mean, insert daytime talk show host here, Rachel Ray. Like, would any of them start their season when they had to wear an eye patch? Or do you think that they would postpone the start of their season? They absolutely would postpone it. Absolutely. Kelly has always been a dork and will continue to be a dork, but she'll, and she will own it, but it's a dork. It's for medical reasons. So I, you know what? It's going to get a lot of buzz. And I think people are going to appreciate her more. Not that they don't, but I think she'll get a whole new level of, you know what, Kelly? Good for you. Yeah. It's it's one of those no Fs to give uh, yeah. moments where, you know, she's just going to go on there and like, this is me right now. Deal with it. <laughs> it's funny going back to the virtual audience. So like, you know, I had heard virtual audience. I really thought that just meant watching it. I didn't realize that meant like. They're going to pan to videos of the audience. I did not pick up on that. Like, do you know if the voice is like that as well? Yeah, the voice is, I think, doing the same thing. I don't know if it's the same way that her talk show is doing it, but I know that they are doing the same virtual audience thing. Oh, that's so interesting. I don't don't know how I feel about it. I mean, I support it. I don't know how I feel about me being on there. Jeremy clearly is more of the, uh, (laughs) let's do it. And I'm like, I don't even care. uh, I will make a straight fool out of myself. I don't even care. Uh, you know, if I was if I was in the physical audience, like if I was there, like in LA, oh hell yeah, I would do oh, that. Oh yeah, yes. But I feel like so silly doing this, just like in my bedroom, being like <laughs> silently. <laughs> you know, I don't know. We'll see how it goes. We'll see yeah. if I uh, when I if and when I uh, do one of those audiences. 
Well, today's episode is all about, uh, it's kind of a serious subject this week. We're going to be talking about Stan Stigma. Uh, And it's, it's, I mean, look, the reason why Pam and I are both here is because we are the definition of Kelly Stans. Uh, And with that comes uh, sort of a, a dark side, if you will, of the whole idea of being a big fan of an artist. And so we wanted to dedicate, and we we had this idea early on in the planning of the podcast that we wanted to dedicate a show to talking about this because we know that especially people who are very passionate about Kelly and her music and her career have probably dealt with this at some point in their lives uh, over the last 18 years. And so we're going to have, uh, you know, Pam, we're going to have your perspective on being a Kelly Stan. We're going to have my perspective as well. And then we're also going to have a very special guest, our first fan guest, Kurt, who is going to join us uh, to talk about his perspective on being a Kelly Stan and what that has meant and what he has dealt with uh, throughout his life. Uh, being a, a, a big fan of, I mean, and let's be honest and let's, you know, kind of call it what it is, being a male who is a big fan of a female artist. So we did a poll on our social media asking if you've ever been made fun of for your KC fandom. And I I don't know what I expected exactly. I, I guess I was thinking that it was going to be tipped more so one way than another. Uh, but 79% of people said yes. I'm not surprised. I hate to say it, but um, hopefully that number over the next months, years, etc., goes down because there's really no reason why we should be made fun of. Kelly's amazing. Am I to assume then you also selected yes? Oh, yeah, I did. I went on my personal. I totally because I've I got crap for it from like more than half of my life. And then finally people are like, okay, let her just do her thing. She's not doing any harm. So and I think it's also important to define um, different levels of fandoms because um I actually, on our Instagram a few weeks ago, I reposted something from another Kelly account. And it was a Kelly meme. It was basically, it said, um, you know, how you react when you meet another Kelly stan. And it was so, it was a picture of Kelly, like, going, like, smiling crazy. Uh-huh. And someone wrote back, what does a stan mean? So I couldn't really give the exact definition without sounding, like, crazy. Because I feel like people either get it or they don't. So I feel like there's a couple levels that I'll get into very quickly. A fan, you know, is a fan. Um, they they like the music, they like the person, but I would even go so far as to say that a fan is a step above. Um, you know, when you like an artist, oh, that's a good point. Yeah, you know, you you know a couple of songs. You might have a couple of MP3s on your workout mix. Uh, and that's about it. You know, you don't really know too much of uh, their history and their life. And then when you get to being a fan, that's when you have the multiple albums. You've bought tickets to concerts um, and you thoroughly enjoy that person. Yeah. And then as Stan. So the origin of Stan, um, I could be wrong, but I'm pretty sure it came from the Eminem song. Yep. Um, and it kind of, there's a, it's from I think like man I don't know maybe 2000 2001 and it's about I think a fan who stalked him basically yep. and that's so it's it really stands for a stalker fan now before you're like oh my god are Jeremy and Pam stalkers 
no, I don't define, I, I don't, I think most people nowadays don't define a stan as a stalker. They'd use that word as just as a super fan. And yeah. that means being more invested in just the music. Like, mm-hmm. I don't, I don't want to speak for Jeremy, but for me, a huge reason why I'm even a fan of Kelly's or a stan rather is she has just been such a great, like, role model for me growing up and i love her personality and i'm sure jeremy feels the same way he loves her personality he loves her he loves her as a person as well as the music so it's really just the whole um 360 if you will i don't know if that's yeah. the right number to use yeah. the whole the, <laughs> it's like 180 no 360 the whole <laughs> the entire package um just loving everything about her um so that's just like a very vague definition but that's kind of how i want to differentiate everything yeah because some people just don't get it. It's like, no, we're not literally stalking her. We're just very passionate and just a really big fan of hers. So we want to welcome to the podcast our very first fan guest. He is Kurt. Welcome, Kurt. Woo. Thank you very much. Woo. Welcome. We're, so we're excited here. to have you. Thank you. Kurt, where are you from? I'm from Springfield, Missouri. All oh, right on. I, I used to live in Springfield back in the day. Really? Yeah, shout out to uh, Alice Pittman <laughs> Elementary School and uh, the Kraft Cheese Factory. <laughs> oh, yeah, definitely. Well, Kurt, we are so excited that you are uh, here to be a part of uh, the podcast and to be the first uh, fan guest. We are so excited for that as well. Uh, today uh, and this week, we're talking about Stan stigmas. And so we're going to get all of our perspectives on being a Kelly Stan. Um, and I guess, ladies first, Pam, uh, can oh, you kind of. T- can you kind of talk about your experience as a young woman who is a stan of Kelly Clarkson? I would love to. Sure. So I want to preface that I feel like obviously everyone's experience is different, but I also think a lot of it has to do with A, how old you were when you when someone was starting to be a fan of hers and at what point in her career. I think those are two really important factors, not even including – you know, sexual orientation or identity. That's a whole other topic. But I just, I also think that a lot of it depends on when you became a fan. So for me, I was like 11 when I became a big Kelly fan and it was like breakaway era. So that was, one could argue that was like one of Kelly's peak career moments. So, um, you know, being a fan that growing up, it was totally fine. But I think as I got older into like high school, it's like kind of all I ever wanted era. Um, it wasn't as cool. So I, a lot of my friends kind of, you know, oh yeah, she loves Kelly Clarkson. We don't really get it. We're just going to let her do her thing. So it was kind of one of those things where I didn't really talk about it with my friends and they didn't ask, but it wasn't, they weren't against it. It's just like, I knew they had zero interest. So I just did not mention it. And I lucked out because this was also when a lot of, um, that's when the internet was a thing. So I was able to like go on Twitter, go on all these message boards and luckily find from a young age, find a lot of Kelly fans who maybe did not live in my hometown or my state or even my country. So that was cool. And I think that's helped me even in my late twenties now. Um, I've been able to like kind of, I hate using the word network. That's not the right word, but I've been able to half network, but also become friends with a lot of mutual Kelly uh, people that I wouldn't have known otherwise. So that's a positive. However, I did get made fun of a ton. And I don't know why, because, you know, plenty of people were, you know, fans of, you know, Taylor Swift, One Direction, or even if they were younger, like Britney Spears, NSYNC, and it was never a taboo. 
And, and shouldn't have that of, been worse? I don't know. I mean, hey, so, you know, some of them are great, but at the same time, like for a lot, for a lot of people, it was just a phase. And I don't know if people thought it was weird that it wasn't a phase for me, and it still isn't, and it never will. I don't know if that weirded people out. Luckily, I was not known as like the girl who loves Kelly Clarkson because I guess I had other things going for me as well. It was just one little little footnote for me. Um, but yeah, a lot of people are always, you know, I always got joked, oh, you're so, you stalk her, you know, just because I met her a few times. Oh my God, you stalk her. She knows who you are. And I'm like, I know plenty of people who've met her more than me. And it's all been um, uh, organized meet and greets. You know, it's everything's very like, you know, plan, whatever. Um, or getting the, oh, you must think she's so hot. You must be a lesbian. I'm like, no, I'm allowed to not be a lesbian and still have a role model. You know, I'm. Sh- I, you're both nodding your yeah. your 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 heads right. right now. I'm sure you guys got the same thing. Yeah. Um, and it's just like a. I mean, there's nothing wrong with being gay. It's just you can't assume everyone is because you like a certain person, whatever. It's like no, I don't see Kelly that way. I see her as my role model growing up. Um, so that's been a thing. And the only reason why I think I've gotten less crap over the years is when I went to college and I started working. Not that I had or have a lot of money, but I was finally able to kind of do things on my own. I went to, I would travel by myself to go to Kelly shows and meet friends. And my parents were so confused why (laughs) a 19 year old was traveling across the country to go see Kelly with some randoms, but they were my friends and they still are my friends. And I think my sister finally met one of my quote Kelly friends earlier this year and realized, oh, she's normal, you know? She's like, it, she's a person. It's not just like a random person from the internet. Like she's one of my best friends. Um, and when I posted about this podcast, I posted it yesterday. Most people who answered were not Kelly fans. And they were like, that's so cool of you. I'm really proud of you. Like, I know this makes you really happy. So I don't know if that's because Kelly is now more respected than she was say 2010 because of the talk show and the voice and that she basically owns NBC. Um, I don't know. I mean, she's, I feel like she's getting a lot more respect now. Not that now that she's doing more. I don't know if that's it. I don't know if people are just like, Oh, you know what? Pam's happy. Let's just let her do her thing. I don't know if there's really one answer. I used to get crap for it. Not as much anymore. And that's cool. And I guess that's kind of the end of my rant for now. (laughs) So, Kurt, tell us, um, you know, obviously you and I are the male representatives uh, of the show here. Uh, Talk a little bit about uh, being a guy who is a big fan. So, I mean, I was 16, I believe, when she won. And, um, I mean, I, like, ordered the singles and I had, you know, and my brother made fun of me. He was like, why are you buying one in stores and one on Amazon like what is it's just one song I'm like well it's I don't know I can't explain it and I mean definitely the stigma for a single well not single I guess a male is that you've got to be gay now it doesn't really help the way I sound which is fantastic thanks God (laughs) Uh, because I am um, married to a woman and have a child and that's great but I mean that was always just like one more tally in the oh, well, you must be gay because that's, why else would you be obsessed? And then it was also, oh, don't you want to 
I, don't you want to marry her or something? I'm like, not really. I mean, I do think that she is very good looking. Um, but it's for me all been about the voice from the beginning. That's what I fell in love with, not her looks. And so it's a little, I don't know, it's a little confusing why it's so head scratching. And some people have like, you know, like Pam was talking about, you know, um, NSYNC and Brittany and, and for some reason that's not as weird, but I find that kind of strange because Kelly has a lot more artistic credibility, I feel like. And so I think that's, I'm running out of steam here. So <laughs> talk about what your, you know, some of your friends, you know, do you, do you wear your Kelly fandom on your sleeve or do you kind of tone it down when you're around your friends because you just don't want to deal with the, the ridicule? I never tone it down. Um, I, Good for you. I wear it proudly and I always will. I will like wear the tour shirts to like just going out to eat and I own it because I'm like, I'm, I'm not ashamed of anything. I mean, you guys probably live in your parents' basement and that's great for you. Um, <laughs> but I just choose to, you know, really um, hardcore I don't know about the term Stan. I'm a little bit still whatever about that. But anyway, um, I just <laughs> introduce this with um, someone who, and there's so many legitimate reasons why we stand for her, mm -hmm. um, in quotes. And um, so I, I, I'm always confused when people don't get it, but I never tone it down and I'm always talking about something and they just kind of roll their eyes at me and they kind of they just accept it now. They're like, whatever, you're just crazy. And I'm like, I'll take it. I mean, if that's, if that's what it takes, then I'll, I mean, I'm never going to tone it down. It's not even an option. So what does your wife think about it? Um, you know, is this something that you guys sort of share? So like when you go to shows, do you take her with you or do you go by yourself and, and meet up with, you know, other fa uh, friends and fans? Well, so it was, you know, obviously, We'll see, we've been married 10 years now. So Kelly predates her. So she was my first love. So sorry. Um, but, um, so she did, she was, I don't think she watched American Idol, but she did, um, was really into the breakaway era. And like, you know, she really connected with a lot of those songs and with Heartbreak and all that high school jazz. And um, so she was a big, she was a fan, kind of like a, what do you call it a casual fan mm -hmm. and um then we got together and actually we bond that's kind of how we first bonded because she is cr actually crazier than i am which is weird about this band three doors down which you probably heard from them you know long time ago but they're still yeah. around and um so we actually bonded that was our shared bond is being so crazy that people you know think we're just nuts and you know we are but she takes it she's been to like over 20 shows unfortunately i've only been to like eight eight to ten but that's so we actually, Unfortun that's, unfortunately unfortunately yeah <laughs> i wish it was more yes i that's ah, but that's kind of how our relationship started really which is awesome that's so cool i like that i love that your wife is supportive and i think it definitely helps because you know she has her band that she is really into. You've got your artists that you're really into. And so I think with that respect, it's, it's great that, uh, that you guys are able to kind of see eye to eye and be like, and, and for her to be like, you know what? I get it. I know exactly what you're going through. Mm -hmm. It's awesome. I mean, and um, she totally gets it and never, I mean, it never, it's never like a judgment thing 
um, with her because she's kind of crazier sometimes. So it definitely don't have to hide that from her. So that's, I would, I can't imagine being married and having to like put that in the closet. That'd be weird. That's good. It's like kind of, it's a safe space sort of thing. And it's a mutual understanding, which you don't get a lot from spouses. I mean, not that I'm married, but from significant others, from friends, from family. So it's really special that you have that. Hold on to it. I'm Yes. <laughs> it's so hard, but I'm trying. <laughs> <laughs> well, and I can speak, you know, as, as sort of the, the elder statesman of the room. Yes. Um, you know, look, I'm in, I'm in my 40s. I've been married for, it'll be uh, 19 years um, in uh, this, this September. That's and awesome. Yeah, thank you. And, um, you know, my, my wife uh, predates Kelly, so she has seen this from the ground floor. Uh, she was sitting right next to me on the couch when we were watching American Idol with our friends. And, you know, she sort of saw the glimmer in my eye when I first... Uh, you know, started to really get behind Kelly. So, I mean, she's literally seen this uh, from her perspective from the beginning and from Kelly's actual beginnings as well. Um, I would say that my, um, and I'll be like Kurt and sort of use the air quotes for standing, uh, it didn't really go full bore until probably the breakaway era. And that was, I mean, don't get me wrong, I was super, I mean, I bought multiple copies of the single uh, from Idol. I bought, you know, the first day when the record store opened on the April 15th. I was there to buy Thankful. I bought the first copy from, I think it was Musicland. Um, so I, you know, I definitely was a big fan at the beginning, but I think the internet, like Pam sort of alluded to earlier, the, the internet is really what ratcheted it up for me. Uh, because that was about the time that I started to go onto the message boards and was reading more about it. And at this point, I was already in radio. And so I was uh, hearing her music a lot. And by the time the Breakaway album was set to come out, and this is when the Breakaway single was on the radio, I was, you know, full blown, like off and running. Uh, I remember my my proudest moment as an early stan was that I uh, I got a copy of the Breakaway album two weeks before the release. <gasps> oh my god! So jealous. Yeah, it was, and this was back when labels sent out CDs really early prior to them coming out uh, on the streets. Uh, because there wasn't that much fear of an album leaking, and so it that wasn't a thing back in two thousand four, and so you know they were happily sending out albums weeks in advance. And so I remember getting it and there was a, there was a, a Kelly website, ultimatekc.com. Yes. I remember that. And uh, I, I think the guy's name was Mike that ran it, if I'm not mistaken, but he, I mean, he had like all the great photos. He had all the press photos. I mean, he did a really good job of curating that site. And I, I messaged him and I said, Hey, would you be interested in scans from the breakaway album? He's like, how, and I said, well, I, I happen to have a copy of it already. And so I went, I was at work. I went to the copier and scanned the entire album jacket and, you know, CD and front and back and everything just to prove I was, I was serious um, and sent them to him. And he put them up as like a K or you uh, ultimate KC exclusive. And, <laughs> you know, thanks to, thanks to fan Jeremy for doing this. That's um, awesome. And then shortly after that, I started going on to the message boards and I started to go to the express. Um, and that was when I, I mean, everything really started to ramp up. Uh, it was around that time that I saw my first show and 
I went, um, I actually, I, I went on the independent tour, which was the Kelly and Clay dual bill show. Uh, I saw two, I saw two of those shows. And then when she did the breakaway tour, that was the, the first show I went to, um, with my wife and to this day, it's the only Kelly show she's ever seen because, <gasps> because after that, she realized that my fandom was just, was skyrocketing through the roof and she just sort of, I mean, we had a conversation one night. She's like, you know what? This is your thing. Like, you go for it. Um, and then that was, I mean, it was the year or the era, the breakaway era that I sort of started to meet people online and uh, meeting people on the message boards. And then I started traveling to shows. I remember on the Hazel Eyes tour, I think I did four shows. Um, and, you know, I did, you know, Chicago and uh, Green Bay and, and a couple of others. Um, and I met with these large groups of fans. Uh, I, I even was the one who organized making like the matching T-shirts for everybody. Oh, and, I love and, it. And I des- I designed them and uh, and got them printed and everyone, you know, bought the shirts. I still have a few of them. And I mean, we, we, we had fun with it. And it was a, around the, like the late breakaway era that people started like my friends started to know. It's like, hey, you're dude, you're kind of obsessed. Like this is, this is a little weird. Uh, and I just sort of shrugged it off or whatever, but you know, the, the voices got louder and louder and it was specifically between like kind of breakaway my December early, all I ever wanted era that it sort of was at its apex where people were, you know, they would make fun of me, um, being like, God, why do you like her? You know, why her? Um, but at the same time, I'm also a huge Dave Matthews band fan and I've gone to nearly as many Dave Matthews shows as I've gone to Kelly Clarkson shows. I wear my Dave Matthews fandom almost as much on my sleeve as Kelly. You know, I'm sitting in a room that, you know, while you two can see the, the Kelly Clarkson poster behind me, there's a Dave Matthews poster right over here on this wall. And, you know, I have, I have literally every Dave Matthews band commercially released album there is. And there's, there's over 75 of them. Um, wow. So, yeah, yeah, you're a freak. God. Um, no, but, I didn't know there were that many. Yeah, it's like all live albums and that sort of oh, thing. Okay. And, and like, I'm addicted to buying them, though. It's like, I, I, I'm a collector. You know, I have to have like all of the things. Um, but nobody ever made fun of me for, for loving Dave Matthews Band and traveling to see Dave Matthews Band. And I think it's the the obvious thing is that, well, of course, you're a guy. It's a male artist. You should be in love with Dave Matthews Band. But you can't be a man and straight and love Kelly Clarkson because she's a female. It's obvious, isn't it? Um, No. Yeah. And it's weird because, like, is she not like – okay, I'm not – this is going to sound weird, but I feel like, you know, if it were – someone like i can't even think like i don't i'm just gonna say beyonce i can't think of anyone but like someone who's like a sex symbol or someone like that kelly is like your most down-to-earth like whatever but if it was someone mm-hmm. more i don't know i i sex guess i'll bombing. say beyonce sure we'll say that then it would be more <laughs> accepting and it's yeah. a it's a bummer it's a bummer because kelly is not ugly by any means she's gorgeous mm-hmm. so anyway yeah. jeremy go ahead but yeah, I mean, I I faced a lot of and it, and it was even, you know, there were uh, tense moments, you know, with my wife and she was thinking that, you know, I was going a little too far with it and that it was starting to reflect on her. You know, people were coming to her and being like, what's up with your husband and Kelly Clarkson? Oh my gosh. 
Um, and, and that made me angry because it's like, you can make fun of me all you want, but the minute that you go to my wife and are asking her questions about it, that's when, you know, you kind of cross the line for me. But, um, I think over time I sort of wore my friends down because they started to realize like, look, we can say what we want to him about this. It's not going to change how he feels. Uh, and so I just sort of continued to wear my fandom on my sleeve. And the great thing is, is that she only continued to get more and more success and to be more uh, high profile. And then, of course, when the talk show comes out now, those people who years ago used to make fun of me are sending me articles going, did you see this about your girl? That's what everybody calls her now. They call her my girl. Uh, and so they're like, yeah, did you see this about your girl? She's doing this. And I'm like, of course I saw it. I, <laughs> I, I have a Google alert. Of course I saw it. Oh, I love it. <laughs> uh, but yeah, and I can kind of, you know, I, going back to, you know, what Kurt said, you know, I was the guy who loves Kelly Clarkson amongst my friends. That was what I was known for. You know, it was Jeremy, the guy who loves Kelly Clarkson. Um, I was accused of being gay over and over and over again. Never mind the fact that at that point I'd been married for, you know, between five to 10 years. But apparently you got to be gay to be a man and love yeah, a female artist. It's so it's weird. Just the way it, it's just the way it works in the world, right? Um, meanwhile, no, you know, you can have somebody who is obsessed with a football team or a baseball team and paints their face and has season tickets and buys all the merch and no one says anything about it. They're like, yeah, you're a big fan. Go team. Yeah. <laughs> but the minute you do that as a, as a male with a female artist and now suddenly you're like, you obviously like dudes, you know, it's, it makes literally no sense. It None. makes no sense at all. And I don't know if it's, it's people not understanding and feeling like the only way that they can understand is to lash out at the person they don't understand. Uh, which by the way, now that I say it out loud, that sounds exactly like what it is. Cause, and that sounds like, you know, history in general those people need therapy yeah but and the, and the thing about it is is that i would unfortunately i live in a flyover state where kelly doesn't come very often um and so i don't get that opportunity to share my my love for her and my enjoyment of her with the people that are here in my community because she's literally only played my state or at least my city one time in her career oh my god and and by the way, the, the one time that that even happened, I still invited all my Kelly friends to Iowa and we all came here and we all went to the show. So I didn't even take my friends to that show. Uh, but I do have friends who have seen her and they came up to me later and they were like, dude, I get it. I get it. You know, I can see like talent, recognize talent. Like I get it. Like she's obviously got it. And I understand why you are the way that you are. Um, but now, you know, I'm in my forties and I still, you know, like Kurt said, proudly wear my tour t-shirts and I have my posters and, um, I, people have sort of just come to understand that it's a facet of who I am. I'm also very passionate about, uh, Legos. You know, I, I, I constantly am posting pictures on Facebook of me building these ridiculous Lego sets and I love Disney. I mean, I could not be more of a, like, uh, uh, candidate for potentially being gay like oh you love you love kelly clarkson and disney fantastic That's good for you wave your flag and yeah. I'm like, yeah and my and my wife appreciates and then like oh yeah that's so funny well it's it's so true about the uh the part about people finally realizing one of my college friends who knew for almost a decade that 
this was me. You know, I had Kelly posters all over my wall, even like in college. And she finally saw a Meaning of Life show last year that I was at. It was in Long Island, New York. And at the end, she texted me. She's like, Pam, I get it. I finally get it. And I'm like, thank you. And I thank another you. thing that I think I – I don't know if I mentioned this in a previous episode. And I think it's annoying that a lot of her older stuff – I think a lot, a lot of people don't understand specifically with Kelly because a lot of her – maybe her earlier career, maybe not Breakaway, but maybe a little bit after that. The singles weren't necessarily the best in my opinion. That's up for debate. That's totally up for debate. But I'm saying, you know, compared to seeing her live – Whereas, like, we all have the privilege. We've all watched a ton of her stuff on YouTube, like, live performances. We've seen her live. We know what she's capable of. And that does not always translate to an album. And that's what the masses hear, um, which is annoying. But I think now that people are also seeing her personality from the talk show and from The Voice, and I even had one random person who watched the first Red Nose Day message me after and was like, hey, Pam, this is kind of random, but I just saw Kelly Clarkson on Red Nose Day. And now I'm obsessed with her. <laughs> and I'm like, thank you. Every, you're finally seeing what I've seen for the last however many years. So I really do think that this NBC thing and NBC slash Atlantic has been a blessing for her in more ways than not. Because I think people are finally coming to realize why we are the way we are. I don't think entirely, but I I don't know. And I'm finally – I'm happy it's finally happening and I want it to just continue. You know, Billboard Music Awards and whatever else she has on her plate that we don't know about yet, I think it will help. I'm not saying I want her to, to just constantly keep doing stuff, but I think it is helping. And I really wish that everybody had the opportunity to meet her like we have – and Kurt, I, I forget. Have you had a chance to meet her yet? I've met her once at a meet and greet – um, and it, you know, it was like a few, maybe five minutes, a few minutes, but uh -huh. five minutes is good. Yeah. Well, maybe a few, I don't know, two to three. Yeah. Um, but I didn't get to sit down and like talk with her. Like it sounds like you guys have, but, um, it was life changing. So even to just sit there and shake her hand, like, you know, I felt, I felt like I was like a dog at the pound with a shaky paw, like, Oh, and I'm <laughs> drenched in sweat. And that does um, not change. I want to let I'm you know, like, however many you? times later does yeah. not change. <laughs> Um, but it, it was still, I'm like, I still want to, you know, obviously meet her again. Cause that's been like, think that was the end of the breakaway time. So whatever tour that was on, maybe the addicted tour. And, um, that's been a long time ago. It's, that's and been a minute. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So I've been waiting to meet her again. And now I'm thinking it's probably never going to happen because of COVID. Like how does meet and greets look now? I mean, it's that's a good question. point. She didn't even have them on meaning a life tour and that had nothing to do with COVID. That just had to yes. do with who knows. So, but I have faith that it'll happen again. I do. <sighs> I hope so. Yeah. Well, and, and, and my point was that, you know, we've all had an opportunity to meet her and we all know what she's like one-on-one, -on -one, literally, you know, looking you in the face and talking with you. And we know how genuine of a person she is. And I think that people have been so conditioned to think that pop stars and, and musicians even in general are sort of these untouchable, unrelatable creatures that, you know, are just here for our entertainment. And when you finally get a chance to see that person one-on-one -on -one and understand that they, they genuinely do care about the people that support their careers, uh, it changes your whole mindset of what you think about that person. And again, you know, like Pam said, it doesn't change, you know, you're, you're still just as nervous 
to to talk with her the first time as you are uh, any subsequent time uh, because you want to make sure I think it's part at least for me it's I want to put on a good presentation so that she doesn't think that like the, I'm one of her psychotic fans who you know is <laughs> is super weird like no i want you to just understand that i'm a normal person who really enjoys your career and you know how do i how do i say everything that i've been wanting to say in about 90 seconds you know right because that's where you come off as crazy yeah Um, but i guess moving forward like and i don't know if there is anything that you kind of quote unquote can do about the stigma of being stands i think you know the big thing is is that if i think if you are a stand for somebody or something maybe you're a stand for disney maybe you're a stand for space or nascar or i mean you name it i think if you are a person who throws a lot of your time and energy and money into supporting and loving something that that should be used to also understand when somebody else does it to something that doesn't necessarily fall into your realm of what you love And I think that if we all thought about that and appreciated that a little bit more, then there wouldn't be literally a stigma about standing anybody or anything. You know, I I appreciate someone who loves uh, NASCAR, even though I couldn't be paid to watch it. Um, I appreciate that you have such love for that sport or for that driver or for that company. Uh, good for you. Great for you to have something to focus on and really um, give your attention to that makes you happy. Because at the end of the day, the reason why we we love her so much and we we give our time and our money and our attention is because we genuinely care about this person and we and they make us happy. Um, so do what you want that makes you happy. Don't give a rat's butt about what anybody thinks honestly and again i can say this as like the 40 plus year old person on the line here um at the at the end of the day it doesn't matter it doesn't matter all that matters is whatever makes you happy it don't care about what other people think about it because they are going to be the ones that drag you down the other way if you love that thing man love it 110 percent Love it all the way. Love it as hard as you possibly can because at the end of the day, your happiness matters more than what you should think about what anybody else thinks about you. Well, and the older you get, the more that you get that. It's hard to get it. Like I didn't get that at 16, but now at 34, um, I do. I'm like, who cares? Just I'm going to own it and I don't care. Like I know somebody that literally has no nothing that he is passionate about. And I'm like, how sad for you. Like, even if it was just Barbies, then just be, have something. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, nothing, but then poops on everybody else's stuff. Yeah. It's hard. I mean, it's weird because you, you obviously, a person can't obviously force what they like and what they don't like. Um, And I am actually really grateful that I am such a fan and I'm so passionate about her and her career because if it weren't for her, like I, I have no other real crazy passions. Like I'm a music junkie, a general one, but there's no one else that I really pay attention to like her. And it's really helped me. I mean, I've definitely struggled and I continue to struggle with a ton of like mental health stuff. And she's helped me through so much of that through high school, through college, through now my late twenties, which, you know, as Kelly says, your twenties can suck. Um, yeah. <laughs> and it's just been really good to have not only her and her music, but also 
this community that we've all been a part of. Like the three of us would not know each other. I want, I would like to assume if it were not for her and not for like Twitter or something like that. And it's really special just to like hold on to that and to really own it. And I know I'm still working on it. It took me years to finally um, not be embarrassed to say that I was like a huge. I mean, I've always, it's always been open. I've always been open about that. I'm a big fan, but not with everyone. Um, there's some people, especially like in my line of work where I, you know, I work with, you know, quote unquote rock and roll, um, to say that, oh, I love Kelly Clarkson. They're like, really? Okay. Yeah. So it's, <laughs> it, they're like, really? And I'm like, yeah, like, yeah. um, you know, she's actually amazing. You may only know a few songs by her, but you should really take a listen into her catalog and whatever. But it's taken me years to really be comfortable enough to just, just say it to anyone if it comes up in conversation. Cause for a while I'd have to kind of gauge on who I was speaking with. And it sucks because it's something I'm super passionate about and I love her. And it's, I don't want to, you know, it, it, it's a big part of me. And she, you know, not that I ever an- anticipate this happening, but say 15 years down the line, I suddenly stop liking her. It's not going to happen. But let's just say hypothetically, it's, she'll always be something that was just a huge part of my life, no matter how length of time, like, you know, you don't come across loving someone this often. I'll put it like that. So, and I think that's, I think that's a great way to, to end it. Kurt, thank you so much for uh, being a part of the podcast today. We really appreciate yeah. it. Thank, thank you, you for, so much. Uh, yeah. It was and, so uh, nice to finally meet you guys. Yes. Yes. Yeah, and, you too. And now that I know that you're a Midwestern guy like me, hopefully we'll be able to bump into each other at some uh, future shows. If she ever makes it back to the Midwest. <laughs> <laughs> Cross your fingers. Yes. Yeah. Thanks so much, Kurt. We appreciate you. All right. Have thanks so much. So yeah, thanks again to Kurt for joining us, our very first fan guest here on Miss Into Podcast. And of course, Kurt is not going to be the last. There is going to be a lot more of you guys who are going to join us on the podcast. Make sure that you continue to uh, hit us up at missintopodcast at gmail.com. Tell us your Kelly experience stories uh, because we're definitely going to want you to come onto the podcast and talk about those. Pam, I'm very excited about next week's episode. Me too. Can you uh, tell everyone what it is? Yes. We are going to have our very first song battle. Uh, And we're going to make these uh, uh, sort of a a reoccurring theme throughout the podcast. We'll have these every couple of weeks or so where Pam is going to pick a song and I'm going to pick a song and we're not going to tell each other which song it is. The chances are we're not going to pick the same song because that would be embarrassing. So either way, we're going to each pick a song and then we're going to unveil that song to each other on the podcast and we're going to fight for why our song is superior. I'm really excited because I feel like we have a lot of opinions, the, the two of us. Yes. <laughs> yes. That's going to uh, be So cool. we're going to have... We're going to have our very first song battle next week on the podcast. Of course, new episodes every Tuesday. Get it on your favorite podcast devices. As the expensive voice lady is about to say, make sure that you subscribe uh, and follow us on all of the socials uh, because we love talking with you guys. Uh, We're very active on the socials and we are watching all the time. So feel free to reach out anytime uh, with questions or comments that you have. Awesome. And uh, again, thanks everyone for listening and we will talk to you guys next week. Bye. Bye. You've been listening to Miss Indie Podcast, the Kelly Clarkson fan podcast. Miss Indie Podcast was written and produced by Jeremy and Pam. Remember to subscribe on your favorite podcast platform so you'll be the first to know when a new podcast is posted. Continue the conversation by following the podcast on Facebook. 
Instagram, and Twitter at Miss Indie Podcast. Send us your questions and comments to Miss Indie Podcast at gmail.com. <laughs>